Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area, and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seed's website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Good morning. Time for the farm show here at the Shank of the Day on Wax 104.5. As Jill and Krista and myself, Bob Bosol, bring you the news in agriculture around the area, around Wisconsin, around the nation, and around the world as part of the Midwest Farm Report family. We've got markets, 13 first alert weather. We'll look at all kinds of calendar items and what's going on in the world of agriculture. Again, it's time for the farm show on Wax 104.5. Lots to talk about today on the farm show. We'll talk about ethanol, FFA, fish, cheese, and who knows what else we might get into. On a Friday morning, Bob and Jill with you. As far as FFA, wrapping up FFA week, I'd say a pretty successful week. A lot of young people were at the state capitol, and I know they were busy in their communities around Wisconsin and around the country, for that matter, this week, talking about the importance of the program and uh, good stuff, that's for sure. I know you uh, you were involved in a lot of it. Oh, yeah. I like to keep up on these things and see what these kids are going up to, and I always appreciate. I like the posts that come out on Facebook because it really does show the connection from serving breakfast to staff to having mm-hmm. those contests who wears the most ffa clothes and i don't know maybe we need to get some ffa socks rounded up or something yeah there you go i've got a bunch of ffa stuff myself but uh again ffa and now you were telling me something colby's got an event scheduled for they, tomorrow yes they do and have you were an event. telling me something about it yeah they're supposed to have uh, donkey basketball but make sure you check ahead because I think it was on Monday there was um, talk about an accident with the donkey basketball trailer, and they were checking out all the donkeys to make sure everybody's okay, but then I think they kind of pumped the brakes on having any more events. Okay, so double check and see if the Colby donkey basketball this Saturday is still on. I had not heard that the donkeys... uh Got the trailer in an accident, but yeah, it's always safety first with the animals. No question about that. So uh, again, FFA week will wrap up tomorrow as uh, we go forward with with uh, spring fish. We're going to talk about DNR fisheries. What are they going to talk about a little bit? They talked about yellow perch. Okay. And um, their populations and how to keep them going, I think. All right, so we'll hear that. And uh, John Umhofer is going to rejoin us. We heard a little bit from John earlier this week, but we'll hear more about uh, Wisconsin's cheese industry, which really is different from most other states. Most other states are commodity cheese-type producers, but uh, in Wisconsin, lots and lots and lots, over 600 varieties of specialty cheeses. We'll talk about that. And, of course, the World Cheese Championships are coming up. We've got some contacts out to try and get a hold of the chief judge 
and I'd love to talk to the chief judge because the judge come judges come from all over the world. How do you get to be the chief judge at the World Championship Cheese Competition? That's a pretty prestigious uh, job. And, uh, you know, how they coordinate the, the judging, because I don't know if all the judges speak the same language. It's like when they were building the Tower of Babel. and trying to, They're going to build a tower that reached all the way to heaven. Well, the good Lord decided, maybe not. Maybe we're talk, everybody talk a different language. So do they? <laughs> Do they do that as far as cheese? So it's going to be uh, hoping to get a hold of him very, very soon. Jim Mueller is his name and a 920 number, so he must be down by Milwaukee someplace. But uh, trying to get a hold of uh, Jim to find out the coordination of all this and checking in all the cheeses. And, uh, boy, it's it's really something. And it's March 5th through the 7th. We'll have the farm show in Eau Claire, so Jill and I will be tied up here on the 5th and the 6th. The 7th, they will announce the winner. But if you ever get a chance, and the nice thing about it, it's at the Monona Terrace right on Lake Michigan, just off the Capitol Square, just below the Capitol Square, about three or four blocks. So it's easy to find if you're going to Madison. And it's worthwhile if you're looking to take a, you know, a day trip or a couple of days and get out in that area because it's a, a wonderful contest. And it's free and it's open to the public March 5th and 6th. So you can watch them judge the cheese. You can... Take a look in that room because over 3,000, probably 3,200, 3,300 varieties are going to be there of cheese, butter, and yogurt from all over the world. And it's it's something to see. And, and you know, it's free and open to the public. They welcome you. I'm surprised you haven't been uh, nominated uh, to be a judge yet. Oh, there's no way. I mean, these guys are... These guys and gals are very professional. They've been in the cheese industry all their lives. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you. And, you know, I never heard anybody complain about their decision. You know, you go to a fair and so oh, the livestock, the cattle judge, the hog judge, or the lamb judge, whatever. But I've never heard anybody complain about the quality of the judging at the World Cheese Championship. So that's why I'm really anxious to talk to. Uh, and I've been there for this thing, and they're very welcoming to this. The public, you know, you can only, you can watch it March 5th and 6th, and it's free. So it's not. You know, it's not like they're going to get you down there and gouge you. And I'm sure there probably might even be some samples from cheeses from all over the world. But the two-time defending champion is a Grier variety. You know, there is a village which, on our farm tours, we've been there. I've been there multiple times to Grier, Switzerland. And it is a beautiful old village. Been in the cheese plants. And I don't know if I was in the cheese plant where the world champion came from. But I've been in cheese plants where they make the Grier variety. And, you know, I'm... Assuming I was in this cheese plant where the world championship was, but uh, again, it's coming up and it's uh, it's something. I encourage you to, if you're going to be down in Madison or if you're looking to take a, a trip for a day or two and you've never been to Madison, go up the hill and see the Capitol building. I mean, it's only like three blocks below the Capitol, so right on Lake Monona. So uh, I don't recommend <laughs> Spent a lot of time in Madison, but uh, this is worthwhile. It really is. So we got a lot to talk about this morning. We better get at it. For those who work in acres, not an hour. Wrapping up the market week as we're to Friday already. And Jill, how did the cash livestock trade this week? Choice bad beef steers are 170 to 185 with mixed steers at 150 to 169. Choice fed beef heifers are 170 to 182 with mixed heifers 134 to 169. Finished dairy cross steers and heifers are 150 to 181 
with choice fed Holstein steers, 155 to 168. And select and silage fed steers, 114 to 154. Cows are 84 to 110 with a top of 123. Bulls are 117 to 136. Butcher hogs are 35 to 64 with sows at 30 to 36 and boars at 16 to 20. Shorn and unshorn market lambs are 140 to 188. Feeder lambs are 150 to 315. Ewes are 50 to 150. Small goats are 10 to $170. Medium goats are $125 to $230. Large goats are $190 to $260. With nanny goats at $75 to $195. And taking a look at the mercantile exchange, the close yesterday. All right, let's see what happened in the cattle. They were lower. Live cattle for April down a dollar fifteen at one eighty six fifty five. June one eighty two seventy down sixty cents. April one eighty one fifty two. That was down seventy seven. Feeder cattle were mixed. April was up seventy seven cents at two fifty six seventy. May up twenty at two fifty nine thirty two. August down a dollar seventy seven at two sixty eight thirty five. September down a buck and a half at two sixty nine sixty two. Hog contracts were higher. April finished at 87.20. That was up $1.22. May at 90.32, up 97. June, 98.92. That was up 95. And July at 99.60. That was up 62. And the Board of Trade came crashing down yesterday. Corn, the ninth day in two weeks that they've uh, hit some of the contract lows here for this March contract. Beans. Some of these lowest prices since the end of May. China reportedly buying a couple loads of Ukrainian corn. Also, meal and oil markets were way down yesterday, and we continue to get pressure on both crops from the progress in South America, planting and rain. So as we look at these prices overnight, March corn did recover up two cents at 408. The oats up three at 366. March wheat did recover eight cents, five ninety-one, and soybeans up three to four cents at eleven fifty-one. But uh, yesterday we were talking eleven sixties, eleven seventies, so they did go down yesterday. Dairy markets: barrel cheese up a quarter at one sixty-one, blocks down a cent and a half, a dollar and a half a pound. Butter up three and three quarters, two eighty-one and a quarter. February class one or class three rather up one at sixteen nineteen. March up fifteen at seventeen thirteen. April up forty-six at seventeen sixty-six. May up forty-one at seventeen ninety-five. June up thirty-one at eighteen thirty-nine. Prices higher through December. Now we have a a week of gains like that. We might be talking something, but uh, again, that was just yesterday's trade. As we mentioned, decision from the EPA finally on E15. Yesterday, the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, did make a decision to approve the long-delayed petitions from eight Midwestern governors. That's Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, Nebraska, eight states in the Midwest, for allowing summertime sales of E15. They did make a decision to approve it, but uh, it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's good, but on one hand, the EPA decision finally allows retailers in those eight states, so we just mentioned in the Midwest here, to sell E15 year-round, but it delays implementation of this decision until 2025, creating some uncertainty. Now, we will get E15 this summer. It's uh, all retailers and dealers can get a waiver, but uh, why they have delayed it until 2025, 
it's the government. It's the EPA. So, again, the decision has been made, so it uh, will be a final decision, but not until 2025. And, Jill, the surveys are in the mail. And apparently economists at the USDA aren't too sure about their 2024 planting intentions numbers that came out just last week as part of the February Supply and Demand and Crop Production Report. So now they've mailed out survey forms to farmers across the country, including 1,800 here in Wisconsin, to get a better handle on what farmers actually plan to plant this spring. The survey is asking not only what farmers are going to plant, but how many acres for each crop, as well as the amount of grain and oil seeds that they are storing on their farms. Those surveys are due back by next Tuesday, February 27th, and if not returned by then, farmers will be contacted to supply that information, which will be published on March 28th. It's a law. you got to reply, and it's kept confidential. They don't do anything as far as individual. It's not John Jones of Tadat, Wisconsin, is going to plant so many acres of corn. No, it's general numbers that they use, so uh, they do not... Put your numbers and information out there to the public. But if you got one of those, again, 1,800 in Wisconsin, if you got one of those, fill it out, get it back in, and, and you're done with it. But, again, it's something that uh, you do need to fill out if you did get it. Yellow Perch, what's going on? We're going to find out. Uh, hey, we were at the Security Financial uh, Bank, and, uh, boy, what a what a nice session. The Chippewa Valley Ag Conference, just that was first class. Amazing. The speakers that they brought in, it covered everything from advocating for agriculture to the economy to beef production to crop sales to planning for the future. It was amazing. And the main speaker was a gentleman that was at PDPW last year. He's going to be at PW again, PDPW again here in a few weeks. And Jacob Shapiro, and he give, and it was interesting because he, he said in the beginning, I'm going to give you the what's going on in the world geopolitically and all these other things, which uh, taught everybody a lot, whether you want to admit it or not. And he said, when I get done, I'll tell you what's going on in the world politically. And when I get done, you will not know how I voted in the presidential election or how I will vote in the next one. So he was very apolitical, but he gave a lot of facts. So if you missed it, you missed a really good one. And, you know, Security Financial Bank uh, to be really... Uh, Commended for bringing all that together, plus kind of a little trade show information with businesses that were there. First class. You missed a good one if you didn't get there yesterday. And they had a full house, too. So kudos yeah. for everybody that came out to to get that education. Yeah, but I'll tell you, plan to be there next year, that's for sure. All right, a little bit on Perch coming up. It is Lent around the state of Wisconsin. That means a lot of you have given something up, and a lot of you are going to be looking for fish as at least part of your diet. Uh, during the week. And of course, then there's always the Friday fish fry, which begs the question, how are we doing when it comes to Wisconsin's native fish populations and trying to get those fish onto your plate? We're doing a deeper dive today on the whole situation, specifically with yellow perch populations in Wisconsin with Tammy Paoli. She is a fisheries biologist with the Bureau of Fisheries Management through the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources. She's currently up in my home neck of the woods, Peshtigo, Wisconsin, God's country for sure. So let's let's talk about this, Tammy, because this is not the first time.
time somebody has tried to do a deep dive with you on what's going on with yellow perch. Why are we so intrigued with that fish specifically? Sure. So yellow perch have a history um, going back for decades where um, for Friday night fish fries, this was the uh, this was the prime fish that people were interested in eating. And Green Bay is unique in that it supports the, the uh, last remaining state licensed commercial fishery for yellow perch in Lake Michigan. There is some tribal harvest that occurs in the northern uh, part of the lake on the Michigan side. But um, Green Bay itself is the last state-run commercial fishery for yellow perch. And um, this is because we, we support a population of yellow perch where we have plenty of perch to go around for both the commercial industry and for sport anglers in Green Bay. It wasn't always the case, though. Didn't we used to have a pretty big population of perch? We did. So um, those of you who have been around and can remember the 1980s and even into the early part of the 1990s, there was a huge population of yellow perch in Green Bay. And even Lake Michigan was doing well at that time. Um, But um, during that time, there's been a lot of invasive species that have come into play. Uh, These are just during my lifetime, of course, in, uh, in the last four or so decades. And that's really changed our ecosystem. Um, so our perch population is, is still present and, and holding strong, um, but it's not quite at the high levels that it was in the 1980s. And again, the yellow perch over in Green Bay, Lake Michigan, crappies and bluegills taste better. All right, we're going to talk about cheese next with John Umho. I heard a little bit earlier, but we're going to hear more from John and the cheese industry here in Wisconsin. Coming up, every month the USDA puts out the list of which state produces how much cheese. Not necessarily what kind of cheese is produced. Wisconsin prides itself on being the leader in specialty cheese production, producing much more than any other state in the union. And that's something that John Umhofer, who is the head of the Wisconsin Cheesemakers Association, is proud of and likes to point out to other people who look at cheese markets. We are the state that is the specialty cheesemaker in the United States. And it's been that way since 18-something. It's always been the specialty cheeses back to the Swiss and Limburger Association of 1888. So... That remains today. We make half of the specialty cheese in the United States, and that's why Wisconsin is not only, you know, here, but healthy and growing still. And we're talking, I mean, half the, over half the specialty cheeses, that's over 600 varieties. Correct me if I'm wrong. Right. That, that's a documented fact, and there's even more than when they counted those a few years ago. And it's great to see some of those are sold around the world, the Bellavitanos and such that are uh, really, you can buy them everywhere from Europe to Japan. So that's our legacy. When you go to Europe and you talk to the Swiss or the uh, French and the Italians, they consider Wisconsin their equal. How much of a challenge is it, you mentioned some of the European countries, how much of a challenge now with this identification that we're facing? I know we've had the National Milk Producers fighting, Senator Baldwin's been fighting with FDA, but how, from your perspective with the cheesemakers, how concerning is it as far as Gouda, mozzarella, that we could be locked out? I mean, we've got codex standards, so what what's the challenge here and how do you look at it? It's an enormous challenge, and we are lucky. Uh, you're right, National Milk has formed the Consortium for Common Food Names. It's because the Europe is trying to claw back words like Gouda, Feta, Parmesan. They're trying to say those are our words, and you can't use them. Even bologna. 
even baloney, that's right. Those are being taken in, in trade agreements with, say, Ecuador. They're saying, you're going to get Parmesan only from the EU, not from the United States. So we are fighting back, saying, like you said, in Codex, which is the international standard, Parmesan is recognized as a cheese made around the world. It's not just for the European Union. So it's an enormous fight. It's an important fight. And we, we have to fight it with every trade agreement that gets made because we cannot lose these markets and we can't have someone take them away because for the last 100 years we've been making Parmesan in Wisconsin. It's not new. And as you mentioned, other parts of the world respect the quality that comes from the United States. Have we seen any fall off in those specialty cheese sales because of the Europeans putting pressure? I know with Mexico they signed an agreement with Mexico on those things. Have we seen much uh, fall off and feedback? Luckily, some of the crucial markets, like you mentioned, Mexico, Canada, uh, Japan, we've got good agreements there to keep our Parmesans and, and Gruyeres and such flowing. And uh, luckily, again, most of that is sold in the United States. But there will come a time when those trade agreements in South Korea, uh, South America, those will start to add up and they'll we'll start to feel that pinch if we don't push back. So, so far, we haven't seen that hurt sales, but it's got the potential to. As we go forward, also talking about uh, Wisconsin being the cheesemaking state in the United States, John Umhofer with us, head of the Wisconsin Cheesemakers Association. Something unique in Wisconsin that I don't think we beat the drum enough on is our cheesemaker school. I mean, these guys and gals that go through and become certified to make, it's not, you don't go to cheesemaker school and get a medal and say, okay, you can make cheese. This is pretty specific, and uh, it's unique. Yeah, we've got two layers that are not done anywhere else in the United States, and that is, first, you have to be a licensed cheesemaker in Wisconsin, and we've got about 2,000 of those uh, spread among industry, and that, that itself is a difficult uh, challenge. And then we've added on the master program, which is a 10-year training program. You've got to be 10 years on a certain cheese, and then a three-year training program, and then a 40-hour test that you take after that. And What in the world is involved in a 40 hour test. It's a test that they uh, takes about 40 hours. They give them a week to do it and then they have to turn it in. It's a long form narrative test and then their cheese is tested every year after that to make sure they're up to standards. So I gotta ask if these people are going to be master cheesemakers in the specific uh, <laughs> cheese that they're making. Who are the instructors? Who are the testers? These have to be some pretty special knowledgeable cheese people that have been around a while. And they are. They're people like Mike Peterson is joining the ranks of the judges of that cheese every year. So Mike Peterson, the longtime, lifelong Wisconsin State of Department grader. So we're getting the best of the best to test these cheeses every year to make sure these people are making great cheese every year. What does it take to uh, get to that level? You've already talked about it, but, I mean, the uh, employers have to nominate them or that fill out an application? How does it work to even qualify for that? Well, what I think is great is when we started the program, I think 25 years ago, about uh, the... We discussed, should it be five years before you can even enter the program? And the cheesemakers came back on my board and said, no, ten. You can't even talk to this program until you've made a cheese for ten years because they wanted to make the program as hard as possible. And you can tell, it, it's really just still, I believe, under 100 uh, in, in all the 25 years. So it's a tough program, and we like it that way. It really, means, other, it, yeah, it really means something. Have other states tried to follow this, you know, like peek over your shoulder and see how it's done in Wisconsin? I, I've never seen other states doing this. We haven't seen that. We wouldn't uh, be opposed to being uh, copied. It's a very nice flattery, but we haven't seen it, no. As we go forward now, some of the things we're looking at, as always, in Wisconsin, World Cheese Championships, as we uh, end one year and start another one, what's, uh, what's on the agenda here as we go forward here in the next uh, six months to a year? Right, our association has uh, had a couple of great events every year. In the spring, it's going to be the World Championship Cheese Contest, which is what we've run since 1957. 
And so we're back to that, and this will draw about 4,000 cheeses from around the world. And it's one of the things that, again, proves that Wisconsin's a serious player in the world cheese industry. And then we follow that with our big expo, the big Kick the Tires Expo, uh, kind of like the World Dairy Expo for cheesemakers, and that's in downtown Milwaukee. And the uh, World Cheese Championships have expanded. Tell us about that expansion and what's driven that for uh, different products. And how many countries, cheesemakers from how many countries about will will be there? I've been there, and it's an unbelievable scene to look at all that cheese from all over the world. Yeah, it's really nice. We have about 35 countries will enter the contest. Uh, we've gotten cheese from uh, Croatia and Japan. We got a cheese from Tibet last time. So yak cheese from yaks? It, it actually is yak cheese, yes. And uh, we've, So we've seen cheese come from all over the world. And I think that's a testament to who we are. And, uh, yes, we see judges coming in from usually about 20 countries. We get judges. So we re make it as fair and balanced as possible. And you don't do this in the dark of the night. It's so public can come and see this. Right, you can watch the judges judge. Uh, it's all numeric. They, this is not opinions. These are scores that are given in tenths of points. So it's as transparent as we can be. And many times Wisconsin cheeses are topping some of these categories. Well, we get a lot of gold medals in that competition, and then we do see a balance where the top three will often have a cheese from Europe, uh, or more than one cheese from Europe, so these judges are dispassionate. They're looking at what's the tastiest cheese here, and uh, that's what wins. Where do you get judges for that? <laughs> Those tend to be uh, university professors from around the world, uh, professional cheese buyers, often have uh, grading qualifications around the world. Um, it's yeah, a lot of it from universities. So, yeah, wherever people are trained into how to make cheese, how to grade it, uh, we, we bring them in. Does anybody ask you what your favorite cheese is? Every day. What is it? <laughs> I like them all. It's kind of seasonal. Come on, come on. You're not running for office here. <laughs> What's your favorite cheese? You know, coming in. Mine's Baby Swiss. I love Baby Swiss. Coming into fall, give me a five-year cheddar right now. Yeah. Yep. Not a bad choice. John, thank you. Thank Keep you. up the good work. Thank you. And again, that's John Umhofer with the Wisconsin Cheesemakers Association. They're busy at the Monona Terrace checking in cheese already from around the world. In fact, I talked to uh, Marika yesterday from uh, Marika's Gouda over in Thorpe. She was at uh, the Chippewa Valley Ag Conference put on by Security Financial Bank. And I asked her, I said, how many varieties are you sending down there? And she said, don't tell Rolf, but I think we got about 34. <laughs> <laughs> 34 varieties, so Marika will be very pleasant. And next week, uh, Marika, the House of Gouda here in Eau Claire, going to have their one-year anniversary, February 27th. So stop over. Marika will be there if you'd like to talk to her. Yeah, the 27th, lots of cheese out there. I wonder if they'd make us a special charcuterie board that we could eat in the morning. <laughs> what do you think? I hope so. Man, oh, man. Speaking of charcuterie boards, we're going to get to Miss Charcuterie next as we take a look at some of our news this morning. Uh, what time is it? Uh, we're almost 5.30 in the morning. Again, on this Friday, we're looking at weather that over the next few days, it's going to be very Wisconsin-like. 30s today, 40s Saturday, Sunday, 50s on Monday and Tuesday, and 30 on Wednesday. It's February in Wisconsin as we take a look at some of the, uh, the news in agriculture on a Friday morning. What else is going on around the world? Let's get in the newsroom. Morgan McCarthy is with us on a Friday morning. What's your favorite cheese? Ooh, you know what? I actually really enjoy just a classic Colby. Do you really? That's, You're, that's bland. You're more of a wild woman that would expect, I would expect to hear something a little more 
I don't know. Exotic? Exotic. No, Good word. I'll tell you because we grew up eating peanut butter and, you know, a strawberry freezer jam. My great-grandma Elma yeah. made the best strawberry freezer jam. So we would go peanut butter, strawberry jam, cheese. And lefsa. On our sandwiches. And that was so good. So I have a soft <laughs> spot for that. But I'll tell you what uh, the new favorite in the house is. Marika makes a spreadable Gouda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Alex eats that with a spoon. Yeah, that's pretty that's, much the way it goes. I like that too, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, stuff. Well, what's going on Friday morning? Well, we're going to get those headlines sliced off for you. Good morning. We begin at the Capitol level with uh, local connections and a lot of people keeping close eye on a state aid package that Governor Evers is now set to sign. It's on his desk as he decides whether emergency rooms in our area will get that $15 million in state aid, something we've been following this week. The state assembly approved the plan yesterday. Now, the idea being to repurpose money that was earmarked for HSHS and other clinics that are now set to close in April. Lawmakers say the $15 million should be sent to the remaining emergency rooms here in Eau Claire and in our area as a stopgap until a permanent solution is found. The governor is expected to sign that into law. In headlines that update us from the courts, it's in Barron County where a teenager who killed two people and hurt a third in a crash near Rice Lake two years ago will spend eight months in jail. A judge in Barron County handing down a sentence to Troy Hewn Jr. and 12 years probation, including that eight-month jail stint. He was 16 years old and didn't have a driver's license at the time of the wreck. He pleaded guilty to homicide by negligent driving as prosecutors dismissed more serious reckless homicide charges. We go to the lawmaker level where the plan to back a deer population in northern Wisconsin is pausing the doe hunt and now on the way to the state capitol. The assembly yesterday did approve a four-year pause on antlerless deer hunting in the northern forest zone. Supporters saying the Wisconsin needs to do something to help the herd bounce back, though not everybody a fan of the plan. As we show you different sides so you can decide, hunters say this isn't the best way to go about that. The next step now plans to head to the Wisconsin Senate. And while we're in the woods, we can go to the deer stand and see Smokey the Bear celebrating a birthday, though probably not with burning candles, right? After 80 years, Smokey Bear is kicking off his famous message in a new campaign. But I can only teach wildfire prevention. Only you can prevent wildfires. Actor Brian Tyree Henry is the voice of Smokey Bear this time around as the new campaign takes viewers on a journey through time. Experts say it's still an important message because nearly 90% of wildfires are caused by humans. Lisa G, NBC News Radio, New York. And our big old huggable bear himself in the barn. We better head back there to get those chores done with Bob Bolsel, Joe Welke, and your Midwest Farm Report. Thank you, my dear. Go have a cheese sandwich, and we'll talk to you later. Always a good day for some cheese. Absolutely. Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom. Let's Feeding information to the folks who feed you. We are going to take a look at some calendar. There's lots going on. One thing on the calendar, we just got in. We'll talk more about this a little bit later on. But the Wisconsin Beef Council is now accepting nominations for their inaugural, in other words, their first ever beef burger contest. I don't know why they don't say that. But it's designed to seek out and promote 100% beef burgers prepared in Wisconsin restaurants. And I will include bars because I'm telling you, some of these places that you will stop have the best hamburgers you've ever eaten. How they prepare them or what they put in the burger or onions or sauce or whatever it is, outstanding. So, again, don't just think about your favorite rest. Think about your bar that serves hamburgers as well and nominate them because, again, it's a, it's a contest to find the best burgers, best be a, the best beef burgers in Wisconsin. And uh, as I saw this, I thought, man, 
There are a lot of them around the countryside, and uh, they'll start accepting nominations uh, on Monday, the 26th, through about the end of March. But again, think about that. You know, we all go to local local saloons, so to speak, and we know where there's really, really, really good burgers, so think about that. Nominate them. I don't know what kind of prizes they're going to get, but uh, that's coming up. What else, Jill? A little closer. Well, we've got the Colby FFA and their donkey basketball. Make sure you check into that. But that's scheduled for February 24th, so Saturday night at 7 p.m. Make sure you check before you go to that one. This one I found kind of interesting is they're having the Vintage Snowmobile Show that's at the Bracket Bar in Fall Creek. They're not going to be riding those sleds in. They're going to be all trailered in this year. Yeah, I think they are. When is that? That is on Saturday from 10 till 2.30. So, probably get a pretty good burger there, too. You probably can get there a pretty go. good burger there. All right. Anything else going on? And then we've got the Marble Seed uh, 35th Organic Farming Conference. That started yesterday and runs through Saturday in La Crosse. We've got the Grumpy Old Man Festival in Wabasha, Minnesota. I think that's a neat name. <laughs> and that starts today and runs through Sunday. And the Wisconsin 2024 Wisconsin Holstein Convention starts today and runs through tomorrow. And New Glarus, the, the Chalet Landhouse Inn in New Glarus. And I wonder if they put it down there so they're close to the Spotted Cow Brewery. <laughs> Maybe. They can get a lot of Spotted Cow fresh from the brewery down there in that part of Wisconsin. And if you're hungry for pancakes on Sunday morning, it's the 2024 Sarah Nelson Memorial Pancake Breakfast. That's at the Pleasant Valley Community Center uh, in Cleghorn from 8 till noon. I plan on going there. Are you going to go? I'm hoping I remember. i got to write myself a note here so I I make it. I've been there, and a tremendous tribute to uh, Sarah. Was a so active in 4-H and such a wonderful young lady, unfortunately, taken too early in a car accident, so... Hopefully, uh, a lot of people will turn out. One thing I want to mention, Rocky was telling us from Premier Livestock, and it just popped into my mind. Don't forget, their big horse sale is today. They're going to have a big horse sale, and they'll be taxed starting at 8.30. Horses about 10 o'clock over at Premier Livestock, Highway 73, just south of 29 there. And in Ellsworth on Sunday at 1 o'clock, there's the Farmer Angel Network of Western Wisconsin Mental Health in Agriculture lunch and speaker so that's on sunday in ellsworth at one o'clock lunch will be served and they will have speaker jeff dan ditzenberger i've talked to him before yep and, so have i jeff is uh, very good at what he does and really focusing on taking care of our farmers all right so some things coming up here there's always something to do but again as we said as you get out and uh, enjoy a little hospitality and uh, neighborly insight if you're to restaurant or saloon that serves burgers and they're good, nominate them to the Wisconsin Beef Council. It could win a prize. The best burger in Wisconsin they're looking for. We've got our Friday markets to look at. We will do that. But, Jill, the soybean industry in Wisconsin got some good news out of Madison. They did get good news. And that's because the Assembly has followed the lead of the State Senate and passed a bill that would allow the city of Evansville in southern Wisconsin to exceed the limits for a tax incremental financing or TIF district so they can work with CHS Cooperative to build a soybean processing plant in the city. The plant would be able to process 70 million bushels a year. 
and the bill is now on the governor's desk waiting for his signature. And I'm sure that is coming without a question. And numbers for milk production are out for January. They they are out, and they show national milk production was down about 1%, while output in Wisconsin was up 1%. In the top 24 milk-producing states, production came in at 18.3 billion pounds, with production per pound per cow running at 2,062 pounds. That's 9% below a year ago. California continues to lead in milk production with just over 3.5 billion pounds in January, down slightly from a year ago. And here in Wisconsin, our 1.27 million cows produced 2.72 billion pounds. That's up 1% from last January as production per cow reached 2,145 pounds. That's up 20 pounds from a year ago, probably because of our warmer weather, I'm betting. Texas, Idaho, New York, and Michigan are now all producing over 1 billion pounds of milk every month. Got some milk in the country. Now we get some money for it. We'd be in good shape. And it's time for our morning markets with Jim Lindsay of Equity Altoona. Choice beef steers and heifers, $1.50 to $1.73. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers, $1.45 to $1.70. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers, $1.56 to $1.67. Choice Holstein steers, $1.45 to $1.55. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers, $1.44 and down. Top 20% of the cull cows sold from $1.10 to $1.19 with a top of $1.20. 60% of the cows sold from $89 to $1.09. The bottom 20% of the cows sold from $88 and down. Organic market on Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from $1.30 to $1.61. The bottom 20% of organic cows sold from $1.29 and down. Cull bulls sold from $1 to $1 and a quarter. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95 pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from $380 to $560 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $380 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $500 to $835 per head. Our next special feeder sale will be Friday, March 8th, starting at noon. We will feature bred beef cows at this sale. All feeder sales are live on Kettle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Kettle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Well, let's see how the week wrapped up over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us on this Friday morning. Well, what are you, where are you going to get? You must know bars. You've been around a long time. As I was talking about the Wisconsin, <laughs> well, the Wisconsin Beef Council having a best burger, and they say restaurant. And I think I've been to, you know, you drive around the country and you stop at a, a local watering hole and uh, get a burger. And, man, you say, this is really a good burger. And uh, encouraging people to recommend and uh, nominate those places as the best beef burger in Wisconsin. There's a lot of them around. Yes, there is. Not nearly as many as there say were 30, 40 years ago, but no, there's, no. yeah, there's, I've got, uh, there's three, four very good ones just within very close driving yep. distance here, so, uh, and, uh, but of course, tonight we go down to our local church and have our fish fries, so we'll go. take care of that for tonight, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of good places that make, unfortunately, uh, since, I guess, I like burgers i don't like hockey pucks i like burgers you know yep, 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 <laughs> and yep. there's some some places got to be with all these new restrictions you got to be careful how you cook stuff now and uh, boy you know ah you can still talk to the chef and i know some of them <laughs> want it burned i don't know eating meat well done to me is a good way to ruin meat but anyway to each <laughs> their own what's going on how do we go 
Edwin, well, Bob, we'll tell the folks about it. Uh, thank you, and a good morning to everyone. And this will be a summary from this past week here at Equity Stratford. Like I said, most markets are all in very good shape here. Things are looking up very good on the uh, livestock end of it. On the cow market this week, you know, these are conventional-type cows, high-yielding, fleshy Holstein and beef cows here this week at Stratford. We're selling from 106 to 125. We had some fancy beef cows top at 129. Most of the cows that we sold this week sold between 85 and 105 thinner cows below 85. Now we'll just uh, touch on the organic market. We sell those on Tuesday, high-yielding organic cows this week. We're at 140 to 159. Now back conventional-type cattle. Fed cattle also strong this week. Choice-grading Holstein steers are selling from uh, 142 to 162. High-yielding choice, strictly prime Holsteins from 162 up to 169.5. Uh, Select-grading cattle, under-finished cattle, 140 and below. On the bull market, uh, high-yielding bulls are selling from 110 to 128. We did top at 131 on the bull market, 105 and below on the lighter bulls. Calves, again, to continue to be very, very strong. Good quality hosting bull calves this week, selling from 300 to 600, topping at 630. Heifer calves uh, from 150 to 300, topping at 350. Beef calves, very strong all week, 400 to 800, up to 870 earlier in the week. And again, uh, like I said, the markets are looking good and looking forward just a little bit to next week, full marketing week here at Stratford next week, including our next Hey, sale next Tuesday. Our next feeder cattle auction will be next Wednesday. So, Bob, uh, with that, we'll turn it back to you. And, again, uh, we certainly want to uh, salute all of our wonderful, wonderful FFA folks out there, a lot of them, a lot of good chapters, all through, especially in this area and all through the whole state. So you guys keep up the good work because, uh, well, at some point in time, I guess, uh, uh, Bob and I are going to have to retire. Uh, Jill will probably <laughs> keep going for about another 40 years yet. But, uh, <laughs> but so, sure. no, we're... We, the future's in good hands. That's for sure. Say. Well said from Mosinee High School's most famous graduate. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good weekend. <laughs> All right. Talk to you guys later. There you go. Jerry Fitzgerald over at Equity Stratford Market. On uh, the rest of our markets this morning, corn and beans did not have a good day yesterday. Ninth day in the last couple of weeks, corn hit a contract low. Beans, the lowest since the end of May overnight. March corn did come back a two cents at four oh eight. The oats up three at three sixty six. March wheat up eight at uh, five ninety one. And overnight, the beans up three to four cents, but sitting at eleven fifty one. Soybean meal up sixty cents a ton, three hundred thirty five dollars a ton. Well, let's uh, go to the markets at the elevators. I'm looking at some of these prices and. They're not good. Jill, what kind of numbers have you got? Corn and Loyal's at 353 with soybeans at 1066. Arcadia, corn's at 371 with beans at 1072. Chippewa Falls, corn's at 345 with soybeans at 1077. And Connorsville, corn's at 345 with soybeans at 1073. On the DTM screen at Golden Plum today, corn, 373 a bushel at the Baldwin Elevator, 346. Beans at 1071. Durand and Fall Creek, corn, 342 beans, 1062. Mondovia's corn at 346, 1067 on their beans. At Elmwood, 352 on the corn, 1071 on the beans. At Osseo, corn is 356, beans 1071. Out at Elk Mound, 352 on the corn, 1077 on the beans. Sparta at Melrose Farm Service, 352 on the corn, 1067 on the beans. And over at Ellsworth, along the river, 338 corn, 1062 beans. 
Boysville ethanol plant, 367 for corn. Stanley, New Richmond, 363. Barrel cheese up a quarter, 161. Blocks down a cent and a half, a dollar and a half. Butter up three and three quarters, 281 and a quarter. Class 3 February up one, 1619. March up 15 at 1713. April up 46 at 1766. May up 41 cents, 1795. And June up 31 at 1839. Enjoy the weekend. Get out and have a good burger. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.